0: Okay, so we are going through our series on Bible Answers for Life's questions. And one of the questions that was asked was, how do I pray so that I don't feel like I'm just giving out a bunch of requests? Well, what I want to do today is I'm going to go with you, just a few minutes, I want to go through a couple of passages of Scripture and give you some basic biblical principles concerning what is prayer and how do we do it. So look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. There are all kinds of things we could get out of that one statement to help us. Jesus did it. it must be important. He did it in a certain place. So he evidently had places where he went to get alone. Uh, then it goes on to say, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So basically the same question we're asking, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, here's what Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation." Now, there's another passage in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9-13, through 13, that is a parallel passage to this. We're actually going to look at it in just a minute. And it expands a little bit on the Lord's Prayer, which is what we call this. Um, but what I want you to understand is, first of all, that we call this the Lord's Prayer. Number one, it's okay to say it as a prayer. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of prayers prayed in the Bible. Uh, we actually did a series a few years ago on the prayers of the Bible. And we took prayers that were prayed by different people. Paul and Daniel in the Old Testament. Some of Jesus' prayers. And we examined what they prayed for and how they prayed relative to different areas of our life. So it's okay to say this prayer. What you're going to see when we get to Matthew 9 is what's not okay to do, and, and we'll talk about it more in a second, but what's not okay to do is just chant. And let me show you what prayer is first, so you'll kind of understand that, okay? First of all, what is prayer? Well, the meaning of the word, the word, by the way, is eukomai. When the Bible talks, uses the phrase praying, it's the Greek word pros-eukomai. That prefix pros just means to, to pray. Eukomai is the word translated pray, okay? Basically, here's all it means. It means to ask. It means to vow, to express a wish, to speak out, or to desire earnestly. And if you look at all the different places in the New Testament where it's translated, it may be translated in one of these ways throughout the New Testament. So basically, what is prayer? Simply to talk to God. That's why when Jesus said, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. The very first thing he said was, say, Father, we're talking to God, that's what prayer is. We are not reciting a poem. We are not quoting a declamation. We are talking to God. That's what prayer is. Now, that's why sometimes, whenever, um, whenever you listen to people pray, and, and I don't mean I'm not being critical, but have you ever heard somebody pray like this? Father, we just, Father, we thank you, Father, for this day, Father. And, Father, we just want to know, Father, what your Father will is, Father. Do you all talk to each other like that? Denise, I just, Denise, want to, Denise, I just need to know Denise. What, Denise, your name is Denise because I can say it too much, Denise. We're talking to God. We have a tendency, and it's normal for everybody. We have a tendency to go into what I call religion mode. To where, like in the Roman Catholics, we are not saying our Hail Marys or our Our Fathers. We're saying our quoted prayers. But we're doing the same thing. And Jesus talks about that in Matthew where he says, Do not chant thinking like the Pharisees that you will be heard because of your constant repeating. That's chanting. That's not talking to God. So, if you say the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Are we talking to God or just quoting a prayer? Okay, That's what we're talking about. That's how you pray so it's effective. James 5 says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. So that's what we want to be. We want to be effective. So that's what prayer is. Now let me give you some other things. Um, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And let me share with you four different types of prayer that are mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul is instructing Timothy how to teach the people um, he was ministering to. And he says this in First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, I urge then that first of all that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and for all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness because this is good and it pleases God our Savior. So whatever it is, it pleases God, he says. So Paul says Timothy, here's what I want you to do, and it has to do with prayer. He mentions four things here. Let's look at these real quick. First of all, he says that I urge you that request be made. Well, what does that mean? Well, I've given it to you in your notes. The Greek word literally means to request, to ask for something. So when you and I pray, it is okay to ask God for things. Now we we'll, we we don't have time. I actually did a whole weekend um, conference just on this topic, on prayer. Unfortunately, I tried to figure out a way to cram it all into 20 or 25 minutes. I couldn't do it. However, I'm going to give you some of the basics real quick. It's okay to ask. There, are, there is a way to ask, and there are certain things we can ask for, and, and we shouldn't be asking for, but it's okay to ask. So the question is, how do I pray where I don't feel like I'm just asking for a list of requests? Well, first of all, don't feel guilty if you have a list of things you're asking God for. That's what he wants us to. He says, ask and you will receive. He wants us to ask him. So that's what the word request means. Number two, the word prayers. This is the Greek word, Greek word prosuke. It literally means an earnest request. A supplication. It's used in Philippians. What this means is this is where I am pouring my heart out to the Lord. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed so earnestly, he sweat great drops of blood. That's what this is. Okay? There are going to be times you and I are going to pray in such a way that we're literally, our heart is breaking. And many of those times, we don't even know what to say. We just pour our heart out to God. That's what this is. Number three, intercession. The Greek word literally means to interview or to intercede literally what it's saying is, Lord, I've interviewed this person and I know what their needs are and now I'm coming to you to intercede for them. Literally, by the word, that's what it's talking about. This is praying for others. With the same fervency, by the way, we pray for ourselves. Okay? And then number four, thanksgiving. And this just simply means to express or show gratis, gratitude and worship to God. You'll notice in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, once we address him, and we know who we're talking to, the next thing is we worship him. Hallowed be thy name. We remember, we acknowledge who he is in our life. We acknowledge who he is, period. He is Lord. He is God. He is the ultimate provider. He's the creator of the universe. We acknowledge who God is. Okay? So these are four different types of prayer Talked about in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now, number 3, let me give you some biblical characteristics of prayer. Turn back with me to Matthew chapter 6. And let's look at this passage in Matthew, beginning in verse number 9. Matthew 6, verse number 9. Again, Jesus parallel passage to the passage in Luke. Jesus is teaching them in the Sermon on the Mount how to pray. And when you pray, verse 5. Do not be like the hypocrites, okay? Here's how a hypocrite prays, Jesus is going to tell us. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by men. Now, let me clear up a common misconception. Jesus is not saying you can't pray in public, okay? That's not what he's saying, The key to this is why they pray in public like this. And it's the latter part of the phrase. They do it to be seen by men. They want to be recognized when they're praying. Now that doesn't mean that if somebody prays in public, that they're a hypocrite. Okay? Because we do that. I mean, we, we, we do it in our prayer groups. So, please understand, that's not what he's saying. All right, Now let's keep going. He said, i tell you the truth. They have received their full reward. But when you pray, and by the way, this is in contrast to what they do. This is what real prayer is all about. You can do this in public, but this is what it's really all about. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what's done in secret, Will reward you. Um, let me uh, let's stop right there for a minute. Let's talk about that for a second. If I'm praying in public, can I still pray like this? Sure, I can. If I'm praying in public, I am more interested in me and God having a conversation than, for example, you hearing what I'm saying. Have you ever heard somebody pray a sermon? You know what I'm talking about? And dear God, we pray that this man sitting right down here on the front row with a baby in our class that keeps interrupting us will somehow get his heart right and take that baby out of here. You know what I mean? They pray a sermon. They're using prayer as an opportunity or a sounding board to get something across to the people that are there. That's not prayer. They're not talking to their father as if in secret where it's just him and us having a conversation. Okay. So you understand the difference? That's not praying. When we pray, we are, have, we are talking to God. It's me and God talking. Now, the Bible also talks about corporate prayer where two or three are gathered together, then he is in the midst of us. It also talks about the fact that if two or three of us agree concerning something, then we can ask together in agreement of the Lord and he hears us. So it's okay to pray corporately and it's okay to pray with other people. As long as we realize prayer is talking to God. It's not some kind of platform to give a speech. Okay? Let's keep going. What's the next part he says here? Uh, He says, uh, verse 7, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now let me give you these things real quick. There are six things here. Biblical characteristics of prayer. Number one, when we pray, we're talking to our Heavenly Father, and we praise Him for who He is. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Number two, we pray with a desire that God's will will be done, not ours. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whenever you and I pray, the desire of our heart has got to be for God's will to be done. Now, it's okay to say, Lord, if it be Your will then we pray this will happen. That's okay, but you don't have to say that because he already knows that. That's an attitude of the heart, not just something we say on our lips. Okay? For example, if someone is sick, let, let's say that, that, that my son is diagnosed with cancer. Is there anywhere in the Bible where God tells me that it is his will for my son to be healed of cancer? Is there anywhere in the Bible I can go where it's going to tell me I can be absolutely sure that my son will not die from this disease? No, there's not. So do I know for sure God's will in this matter? No, I don't. What do I know? I know that God loves me. I know that God has a reason. I know that God has said I can come to him and make my request known and that the peace of God would guard my heart. So I go to God and my request, Lord, I don't know what your will is. But my request is that you please touch the body of my son and make him well and let me keep him. However, in my heart, I will not be mad if you do not. If that is not your will, if it is your will to take my son, then I accept your will. But my request is that you heal my son. You understand the difference? When we pray, if we want God to, To answer prayer and we want to pray effectively. Our heart has got to have the attitude, I want God's will to be done on earth. Just like it is in heaven. Even if God's will is not what I want, I still have to want his will. If that is not the attitude of my heart, then your words are just bouncing off a brick wall. Because ultimately, God's going to do what he wants to anyway, you mean? He is the boss. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Number three, we can ask for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Matter of fact, He wants us to ask. Number four, we are to ask for forgiveness with a forgiving heart. He says that forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Here's another situation with attitude of the heart coming in. When I pray, if I ask God to forgive me, but I'm harboring bitterness or anger or unforgiveness in my heart towards somebody else, Basically, God says, I love you, and I'm going to forgive you. However, the result and the peace in your life that comes from me forgiving you is not going to be realized until you forgive that person that you've got a problem with. That's why he says when you bring your gift to the altar, if you've got a problem with somebody, go make that right. Then come bring your gift, because the gift does no good if there's bitterness in our life. Okay. Then next, number five, we're to ask for guidance, wisdom, and protection From evil and the temptation of Satan. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Or literally in the Greek, it's deliver us from the evil one. Okay? And we need to pray every day for God to give us wisdom and direction and protection from Satan so he doesn't ruin our life. And then finally, uh, number six, realize that Jesus and the Holy Spirit help us when we pray. We don't have time to read them. Let me give you the passages. Romans chapter 8, verses 26, 27, and 34 talks about When you and I pray, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Have you ever wondered if God really understands what you're trying to say? Well, He does. Remember now, He said He already knows what we need even before we ask. Is prayer for God's benefit or for ours? It's for ours. Because He already knows before we ever ask. How many of you have ever had God answer a prayer that you never prayed? All of us have. All the time, God takes care of us and protects us when we never even ask Him. Okay, He already knows what we need. Prayers for us. It's not for God. Okay, so the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us in First Timothy chapter two and verse five. The Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man, and it's not the Pope. And I love my Catholic friends, but it's not the Pope. First Timothy two five says it's Jesus Christ. He is the only mediator between God and man. That's why Hebrews chapter four says we can boldly go before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We can go there. We don't have to go through anybody. We can go there because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Hebrews four fourteen through sixteen. Okay. Now let me, in closing, number four. Let me give you some practical instruction for prayer. Right out of Matthew chapter 6. First of all, prayer is communication between you and God. We already talked about that. Number two, prayer is talking to God, not chanting. talked about that. Number three, prayer is for us. It's not for God. Number four, God already knows what we need. Number five, we should pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known unto God. By the way, prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Those four um, different types of prayer that were mentioned in 1 Timothy 2 1, they're all four listed again in Philippians 4 6. All four of them. Okay? That's how we know those are four kinds of prayer. And Paul says to the Philippian people, I want you to pray about everything using all four types of prayer to do it. Okay? Then. Um, we can pray anytime and anywhere. Peter, Matthew 14, verses 28 through 33. Remember when Peter was walking on the water? He looked around and started to sink. What did he say? Lord, save me. That's all I said. Was that a prayer? What's prayer? Talking to God, isn't it? Was he talking to God? Sure he was. What did God do? He reached down and caught him. What if Peter had said, O Thou God, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Thou that sittest upon the... blue, And you don't have time to do all that. He'd have drowned about 40 minutes before Jesus ever said, What are you trying to say? He said, Lord, save me. So, we can pray anytime, anywhere. The truth is, we ought to constantly be in an attitude of prayer or at least in that mode that I can talk to God Anytime, anywhere, all day long. i talked to God probably about a thousand times during the day. a day. little short, Lord, help me. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and God's presence is always with me, then no matter where I go or what I'm doing, He's right there. If He was physically there, and I was having trouble, would I not turn and say, Lord, could you take care of this? What was it that His disciples were so concerned about In John chapter 14, that caused Jesus to have to say, let not your heart be troubled. It's because in John 13, he just told them, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be here physically next to you anymore. Peter, I'm not going to be physically standing there to reach down and grab you. I'm leaving. Well, then they got all upset. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. In John 14, he said, I will send you another Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He will be in you and will be with you everywhere you go, just like I was. So literally, according to the Bible, even though Jesus isn't here physically in the person of the Holy Spirit, He is still here with us every day, everywhere we go. So we can pray about anything at any time. Then, um, next, we should have, however, regular times alone with God. Matthew 14, verses 22 and 23, Jesus sent the multitude away. He went up into a mountain alone to pray. You know, all of us, and, and I would challenge you to do this, find a time in your day, and it's going to be different for everybody. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. It's between you and God. Find a time in your day, even if it's just two minutes, where you get alone with God And just talk to him. You'll be amazed what that will do for your life. But you've got to get alone. You've got to get all the distractions out of your life. Just get alone with him and talk to him. And then finally, prayer should not be to satisfy our flesh. In James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, James says, you know why you people, you fuss and you fight and you bicker. You know why? Because you want something and you don't get it. And you don't get it because you don't ask. But then, you ask and you still don't get it. And what does James say why they don't get it even when they ask? Because the only reason you're asking is so you can satisfy your own fleshly pleasures. Prayer has got to be according to God's will so that His will is accomplished in our life and God gets glory from whatever happens. Not so I can have whatever I want. Dear God, I would love to have A $450,000 home on a lake with a boat and a jet ski and all the fixings. Now, God, how come you didn't answer my prayer? If that would glorify God, and I'm not saying it wouldn't. I think it would. I know people that have that. They use it for ministry and to reach people and help people, and it glorifies God. I think that's probably why God gave it to them and He didn't give it to me. I don't know nothing about mechanics, and I'd be cussing at that boat all the time anyway, and God knows it'd just ruin my testimony. Okay? So I'm I'm not saying that praying for something like that is wrong. The house we live in, most of you have been to our home. I mean, it ain't a great home, but it's nice. It's the nicest thing I ever lived in. We literally stood in that big family room upstairs outside our kitchen and prayed and asked God to give us that house and promised Him if He did... We'd use it for ministry. And he gave it to us. He literally gave it to us. There's no way I could have afforded it. He made it so we could get it. So it's okay to pray for that. Just remember, if you pray for something and you don't get it, the first thing I try and do is, Lord, where my motive's wrong. Is there some reason I want this that's not really good? Okay? So, prayer is a huge thing. And there's so much more about prayer which we could talk about. Uh, And maybe sometime we'll go off on a retreat. I know we're talking about doing that. Maybe we'll spend a whole weekend and we'll dig deeper into all this and actually practice some of this together. Um, But prayer and scripture study are the two most vital parts of the Christian life. And right close behind that is fellowship with other believers. Without those three things, it's almost impossible to grow as a Christian. So it's really important that you and I learn those three things and how to do them well because they're vital to our Christian growth, okay? All right, Father, thank You that we can talk to You. Lord, sometimes we don't even know what to say, but we're so grateful that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us even when we don't know what to say. Thank You for the Lord Jesus who makes it possible for us to talk to You. And thank You for the promise that we can come boldly to Your throne and we can ask for help in our time of need. So Father, on behalf of our class, I ask you to help each one of us this week. I know we all have needs. We need wisdom, and we need direction, and we need strength for our decisions. We need your help to make sure that we do what's right so that you can be glorified by our life. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us far more than we will ever be able to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. See you, everybody. Have a great week.